Oi, where are the women? Hello and welcome to the... Where are the women? Where are the women? Where are the women? Podcast with me, Gail Something Else. And me, Rachel Strong. Where are the women? Are we ready to bend the music stage? Where are the women? Come join our cause, this needs to change. Hello, on this week's show, we've got Athene from Three Daft Monkeys, so we better start with one of their tracks. This is Jenny and the Changeling. I could see right through his guise I had 
to get my baby back hello hello hi lovely to see hear you <laughs> hi hello how you doing yeah i'm pretty good actually yeah feeling pretty chilled at the moment at home but revving up for a you know big summer of of stuff and fun and frolics yeah 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 i'm very looking forward to being out there again oh totally thank yeah. you all are aren't we uh, yeah, it's been lacking, hasn't it? I mean, last year was, yeah. we got out a bit, but it was We're still not, bits. not quite the same, was it? It was kind of the, the warmer patch, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I loved last summer, actually. I loved it. It took me co- totally by surprise. We thought we had hardly anything on. And then all of a sudden, we had a few phone calls. Do you want to come and headline this festival next week? And we just went, yes, we'll drive to Kent, we'll do whatever you want. You know, we drove to Norfolk um, and we were so excited to be back out on the roads. And then suddenly we were going, we went from not expecting to do anything to six months of touring without stopping. And I loved it. It was just, and everyone was so brilliantly lovely and everyone was so excited and we were excited. I loved it actually last summer. It felt, it felt intense, but in a really good way. Yeah, it just, yeah, it was a bit. I had a great time, but it was just a bit bony. 
I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so, like, there wasn't quite the flesh on the bones. Very okay. stripped back, wasn't it? Yeah, more cake. I think in some ways it was nice to kind of slow down a little bit, but you know, temporarily. <laughs> yeah, I don't like slowing down. You see, slowing. I've I've always been a bit of a gung ho all guns firing straight you know fast moving kind of a person and I'm not very good at the older stepping back chilling out vibe it gets <laughs> confusing you will know <laughs> <laughs> right let's uh let's play some more music Rachel what's your first choice oh week? my first one is by uh, Bang Bang Romeo and it's called You and I it was written uh, she wrote it just after the Pulse nightclub shootings in 2016 um, so it's kind of about pride and and um, the video is is it's one to listen to while you're watching the video. It's incredible. Um, it's really, really, really moving and, and still really relevant because, you know, those kind of hate crimes are still well rising, actually, aren't they? Things yeah, are very much getting so. worse in some ways and not better. Um, so, yeah, this song is great. She's got an amazing voice. She's an incredible woman. Really interesting. I don't know if you've ever seen any of her interviews or anything um I uh, yeah she's really she's really cool she's really cool um she's just you know a woman from Doncaster you know she's not from anywhere glamorous <laughs> um, um but she's um yeah she's done some good stuff she supported pink uh, a couple of years ago kind of pre-covid um which I, I know I'd be very excited about that that's kind of a bit pant wetting for me um <laughs> but yeah this song's great anyway and, and definitely watch the video but listen to it now anyway here it is Next to what investigators are describing as a deadly hate crime attack, targeting the LGBTQ community as millions celebrate Pride Month. Tonight, the major arrest in a gruesome series of murders. Three people killed, two others shot. Prosecutors saying the victims were targeted because they were gay or transgender.
yeah that is um that's quite a tune it really is isn't it yeah it really is good right now it is time for who inspires you so Thini, we asked you to choose four tracks uh, that involve women that inspire you what are you going to start with right well it was quite interesting trying to choose actually because i suddenly realized that um i thought i'd choose a violin player but I, there, there's most of my favorite violin players are, are male so um i went for more who's influenced me in my life and, and sort of throughout my life so my very first inspiration as from a female in music was kate bush I remember just being really young and her coming on the TV and I just couldn't believe how brave she was, how avant-garde and unusual, Mm. you know, to step up as a teenager and not follow the line and not, you know, not try and just be cutesy cutesy and sing some sort of bland song, but to sing something with real passion and involve dance in it and 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 I just thought she was incredibly brave and she really influenced me when I was really quite young. Me and my brother used to listen to her a lot. Um, and I just, you know, even her videos, I can still picture all of them now because <laughs> they, that was really radical at the time to be visual about these things. And I just really respect that bravery, that, you know, the, the, to follow your dream and to follow your just being something different, not trying to fit in, which I, I think is incredibly mm. important as a woman or as anybody really. Because if you try and fit in, you'll never be yourself. Whereas Kate Bush seems to have always been very true to who she was, including stopping playing for 12 years because she didn't enjoy touring and, you know, not writing albums for years and years. So she hasn't followed a standard pattern all the way through. And, and I think, fair play, you know. She's yeah. Very brave. <laughs> and, even, and even her music that's come out in later life is, is incredibly creative and beautiful and, um, and different. And so, yeah, she was my she was my first ever sort of female inspiration, I suppose the word is. My brother had this gigantic poster of her on his bedroom ceiling. And, I, yeah. you know, that's how I got to know about Kate Bush, because he's six years older than me and was just a massive fan. Mm. But I remember my auntie Doris babysitting. I mean, she was old then and she was staying in Paul's room and Paul was on the sofa and this massive poster of Kate Bush, whose eyes followed you around wherever you went, fell on her in the night. I mean, it was like an A0 size. I just woke up to this screaming auntie who was being attacked in a bed. And it was this massive poster in a damp old house. Why, why you stuck it on the ceiling? I don't know. But, oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, I, f- I found her amazing. And the song you've chosen? I went for Babushka actually, mainly because um, I just I sort of listened to several of the songs I used to listen to when I was young, and and this one I love the tune of it, and it's a really strong, bold image, um, you know, that with her with her double bass doing this really odd sort of dance move, and the song is a story, and I love a story in a song, and uh, it's a story about a woman who pretends to be a younger woman to sort of find out if her husband's still interested in her, and. Um, I just, yeah, I think it's got a really sort of powerful feeling. And it just reminds me of being a child and dancing to Top of the Pops with my brother around the <laughs> living room. So, uh, yeah, Babushka. Was your brother your double bass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been, actually. <laughs> okay, here it is.
test of husband She knew exactly what to do A pseudonym to fool him She couldn't have made a worst move She sent him scented letters And he received them with a strange delight Just like his wife But how she was before the tears And how she was before the years flew by And how she was when she was beautiful She signed the letter amazing yeah such a classic isn't it uh yeah and yeah i remember the just that wow do people really do that Mm. when i heard it i mean there's so (laughs) many stories isn't there especially like you know my mum listened to country as well and they're all like i don't know about murdering your lover (laughs) kind of thing and it's like wow are these like is this what like the world's like yeah Totally. I mean, when we started writing a, a, an album of folk tunes from Cornwall, so many of them had that similar sort of idea, you know. Mm. <laughs> Wives murdering husbands, husbands running away with the devil and mermaids. And, you know, it's the, there's, a, there's always like a sort of a dark story amongst, amongst sort of spouses in these folk tunes. That was um, <laughs> of Stones and Bones? Yeah, yeah. Which Jenny and the Changeling was from. But was, all of those stories, you can kind of, you can look at them. I mean, like that particular one always makes me think of like postnatal depression and 
mm. and stuff, you know. But all of those stories are kind of reflecting to, I don't know, uh, men, different mental health, I guess. Yeah, I guess they were. And, and things that we've got names for now, they, people wrote stories about them then. Yeah. Like you were saying with the changeling, you know, it's a pretty dark tale, really, of, of you know, a woman who thinks her baby's changed and become this changeling. And she, it's pretty brutal, the lyrics, but we did take them straight from the folk story. And um, I actually found it hard to sing them. Um, and when we did make the album, Arlo was a little baby. And when I sang that one, I had him in my arms in the studio and I sang it whilst holding him in my arms. And um, I think I actually cried as I sang it, but it was, I sang it from the heart because it was for those women that, you know, for postnatal depression, which I was lucky enough not to have, but many of my friends have. And 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 just, um, you know, trying to connect that to the now really in, and take that story and, and use it for, for sort of a modern a modern reflection really. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so who's your second choice? So I think my second choice will be um, Brenda Wooten. Oh, oh I just, I've just i totally fallen in love with Brenda Wooten. I've only just discovered her in the last year or two. And she is an absolute Cornish icon. I mean, I live in Cornwall, um, as a lot of people know. I've, I've lived here for about 25 years now, and I love it. I just love living here. I've become deeply involved in the nature and the sea and the vibe of the, and the rocks and I, I just love it here and the music scene is people don't really even know about this traditional Cornish scene music scene and it's quite you know it was St Piran's Day last week and there was music in all the streets and all the towns oh. and processions and and people talking Cornish and I've really grown to feel like it's part of my life and um Brenda Wooten wow so she She's no longer with us. She died quite a long time ago now. But I just, her voice, she, she's, she got famous when she was kind of what you'd call middle-aged, I suppose people call it. But um, she'd had children already. She lived in St. Just right down at the end of Cornwall. And she formed this folk club. Um, and all the greats would come, you know, people that are now sort of known as the folk legends. We're all looking for a gig. And so here, Brenda's got this folk club going on, you know, and, and they'd all come down there. And, and apparently, she, you know, she, people would come, travel a long way just to come to these gigs. Nice. And then she started singing along. And people went, whoa. That is some nice voice you've got there. And and she ended up singing solo. And then from that, she I mean, she was she was a quite an interesting, you know, you'd think she looked almost kind of quite frumpy, you know. She she's got she looked your classic sort of 1970s housewife, wearing kind <laughs> of a bit of a smock. She had a bit of a smock thing going on. She made all her own clothes. But her voice has this purity and this honesty. I think this is what I love in a voice, is when people sing as they sound and and just there's, there's not putting on anything it's it's it, that is their true voice and um she sometimes sings in Cornish sometimes in Breton she's traveled she traveled the world she she got a number one in Japan I know I read that earlier oh my goodness <laughs> she became super famous in France and Brittany if she was going to Brittany she'd just write to her songwriter and go can we knock up a few songs in Breton for three days time and and they would but they wouldn't <laughs> be any old song they'd be amazing and she'd sing it in Breton or Cornish and um, and she would be mobbed in the street in France. She became so popular in Paris. And this was when she was in her 50s and 60s. Brilliant. Um, just brilliant. And this song, oh, this song, the first time I heard it, I cried. I just, it hit, it just, she just says, you know, it's just this thing about 
seeing your loved one um, next to you, you know, asleep in bed and thinking, shall I wake them? You think, no, I just want to appreciate this beautiful moment with them together and um it's sang in cornish which not many people get to hear and i'm actually trying to learn the song and pronounce it right at the moment so i can sing it as well brilliant it's spine-tingingly beautiful it is well i'd not heard of her until you sent the track through and um i feel exactly the same yeah she like did it. loads of collaboration did she do a collaboration album with lots of famous folkies and stuff I don't know about that one, actually. I mean, I'm, I've just been following her career lately, but she did. Um, she was well known for taking a box around with her full of funny hats and things. <laughs> the women would sing a ballad and everyone would be crying. She's got this amazing song called Balina, which is all about the Balian whales and the demise of the Balian whales, which I'm quite into my aquatic mammals. As, as, and um, But then she, she'd do that and people would be moved to tears. And then the next minute she'd sing Going Up Camborne Hill, Coming Down. And then, or she'd put a funny hat on and sing a really like bawdy song in quite a aggressive <laughs> fashion. And, but like the old time like music hall stuff. Amazing. So she, yeah, this amazing range of kind of angelic through to raw, gutsy, sort of, you know, proper Cornish she bowel. Sounds incredible. Yeah. I don't know anything about her. I've not heard of her until There's now. There's some little documentaries so... you can watch about her, and it's just. Um, I'm going to look her up. Yeah, mm. she should be a Cornish legend. She should be super famous, and we should have plaques to her. You know, <laughs> I think there is a, one little plaque. I can't remember where it is now, somewhere. To, uh, I think it's Radio Cornwall. Yeah, she had a show on Radio Cornwall. There's a plaque to her there, but. Oh. We need, to, we need more Brenda in our lives. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So what's the tune? It's called Cornish Folk Song. That's all it's called. A simple little title. And I could only find the live version of it. And uh, cool, here it is. Very early on a Sunday morning, on a cold winter's day, and you're lying warm and snug in your bed with your loved one sleeping beside you. And you wonder, should you wake them? or let them to sleep in their dream world afar. This song is in the Cornish language, De Solvitin. De Solvitin Tiam Gwani Galo De Thio Nam Legen Gwaithus Es Astaoth Hina Tom Oh, 
just incredible. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, thank you for, I mean, that's one of the things I love most about doing this is discovering mm. new music, but that's my that's my discovery of the decade, I think. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely be looking up more of her stuff. She's great. She's awesome. Yeah, really cool. Right, let's pop over to Evie for some news. My name's Evie and this is the Where Art The Women News. This Saturday is our launch gig. It's at the subrooms in Stroud. So if you haven't got a ticket already, make sure to get over to the website and go and buy one. They're from the subrooms website or from the venue. We've got an amazing day planned as well as it's not just the evening performance uh, we have fantastic buskers we've also got some fantastic workshops going on so if your little ones fancy a little bit of a go at music we've got kelly doing a fantastic music workshop for the little ones uh, or we've also got some poetry by laura taylor we've also got a fantastic art exhibition on so if you like your art make sure to get down and see that we've also got our fantastic compilation album we've also got our documentary that is being put together we've got some amazing people that have all come together to help put this together also if you fancy giving a little to us uh, we've got our patreon which you can just go online and donate three pound a month or 20 pound a month depends on what you want to do it's completely up to you anyway that's all from me we hope to see you at our launch event on saturday we're at the women we're here and we're coming at you. Okay, so let's carry on with your four tracks. So what's your number three? So my number three is, um, she's quite obscure. She's called Marta Sebastian. And um, I've always been on a journey to discover music from around the world because um, I find that music from other countries, especially Eastern countries, um, they really fire me up. They give me a, a passion and an excitement. And I discovered this band called Musicast um, quite a long time ago when me and Tim were travelling around Europe in a, we had this old Dodge, this purple Dodge van with a little burner in the back. And we were busking around Europe and we met so many different musicians and we sat by fires and we were in Spain and Portugal and East Germany. You know, we had some, we got, I could write books about it and maybe I will one day. We had adventures, yeah. but we, um, we kept discovering all these really out there, incredible musicians. And Marta Sebastian is Hungarian and she just brought Hungarian folk to the forefront. So her and this band Musicast, they weren't afraid, it was all acoustic instruments and proper sort of Hungarian, Romanian, sort of Eastern European gypsy style fiddle. So there's big beardy blokes holding their violins sort of halfway down their bodies, scraping <laughs> them away with these incredible trills and it's all really manic. And there's all this mad stuff going on. And then there's this big double bass, there's pipes, there's whistles, but, but then she comes in with her voice. And I mean, I, I don't think this track particularly shows the best of her voice, but I liked it because it showed the madness of the music that they created together. Um, but her voice, someone describes it as um, as sweet, but not in the sweet way like a like a sort of candy, but more sweet like a a bittersweet tangerine. <laughs> it sort of cuts through, and you like it, and it's amazing. But it's got this um, passion and this intensity to it. And she, um, so she she used to do she would sort of Hungarian folk dress, and she she danced folk dances to the music but she was trying to bring in young people and reintroduce them to the folk music and she took music from mm. Iran and and Bulgaria and and mixed it all up 
And then she became she was she was quite big on she was in Deep Forest. Do you remember? The oh, Deep my word! Yeah, I do. So there was a second word. There was a second one called Bohem, which was um, all around sort of uh, Balkan music. And she sings an amazing song in that. And and I just, whenever I hear it, it reminds me of adventures. It reminds me of incredible, strong women that aren't afraid to cross boundaries physically and mentally and musically. And um, and she's still singing now and she still just travels around and she's an ambassador for, um, you know, this that, that kind of culture which no one really knows about. And uh, this song is particularly got really bonkers, twiddly fiddly <laughs> violin on it, which I really like as well. Okay, here it is.
she's wild. I thought I recognised um, when you said about Deep Forest. I thought when I listened to it, I was like, I definitely recognise this from somewhere. Yeah, I think they use hers. She sings the first song on The English Patient as well, the film The English Patient. There's an ah. amazing, it's a solo song called Sherylam, Sherylam, and it's just her voice. And it, you, I, I nearly chose that one because the her the inflections in her voice in that are just to oh they're just incredible that that one is really worth listening to as well yeah cool maybe it was from there right uh what's your number four Athene so my number four is a band that um I've really grown to love in the last sort of five or six years I love going to gigs and checking out live music and um it's not often that I see something that just really stops me in my tracks um, because obviously when you play hundreds of festivals, you see a lot of live music. But I, we've got a really short attention span and uh, I'm I'm always looking for something new and different and, and unusual. And this is the Moulettes. Um, <sighs> and I, what, a, what a discovery. And I yeah. saw them play in a small village hall in Cornwall wow. um, about four years ago. They'd just written this album called Behemoth. And... Um, Oh my goodness, what a, you know, the main, Hannah plays a cello and sings these sublime melodies. Then there's this incredibly cool guitarist called Ravenon, who is just the most cool, you know, electric guitarist. And it's amazing how often you don't see a female electric guitarist in the band mm. with such amazing sort of rhythm. And at the time they had um, uh, another girl on, what was she playing? It was a bassoon. Ah. Then, then, then they've got this kind of and the three girls sing these multiple part harmonies that just take you to another level that absolutely sublime and then there's this rocking guitar going on and then they've got a male drummer who um hits these beautiful rhythmic licks and they just they just explore all these different boundaries and they're quite artistic and unusual and they're not afraid to they don't fit into any genre and i think they should be incredibly famous and, and me successful. Mm. and yet they're in the same sort of place that we are where you don't you don't fit into a genre and therefore people don't push you and don't hear about you as much as they should um, and I know they're they're now do, they're getting even kind of crazier and they're experimenting even more and I can't wait to hear what they're doing next. But this song Behemoth, it's got this wicked vibe to it. I think it's even a five rhythm. I can't remember, well, five or six rhythm, maybe six. Um, <laughs> but it just rocks. Sorry, I'm a bit I'm a bit like that with my music. Um, but it's just, I just love it and I play it in the kitchen and we all wig out to it and and I can't wait to hear what they do next. They're absolutely brilliant. Yeah, here it is. Thank you. 
Yes to the roulettes. Oh, brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, if anyone hasn't heard them, go and check them out. They are um, absolutely incredible. Right. Now, it is time for... <laughs> Here, what's that in my marigolds? <laughs> okay. So each week, instead of in a hat, um, I have a rummage in the marigold uh, for stupid shit that men say, basically. Um We've had things like smile, love, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah, you're not bad for a girl, <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So this yeah. week it is, <laughs> aren't you bossy? Oh, <laughs> it's funny, yeah. isn't it? How words change mean the, the, the meanings change words according to yeah, whether it's a, a bloke or a woman that's being spoken to. Um, it's that whole thing, you know, a man is assertive and a woman is aggressive. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's bossy, isn't it? It's the same thing. Well, actually, no, I'm telling you what needs to happen because I'm in charge here. Um, 
what else do you expect me to do? You know, is there a nice flowery way of doing that? Should I should I ask you to, to do what you need to do? Please, sir. Farting <laughs> rainbows or something. I don't really know. I get it all the time. I get it that mm. I'm scary or I'm aggressive or I'm horrible or whatever. And it's like, but, you know, maybe over the years with what I do with running a festival venue and festivals and stuff I've had to just go like you know bearing in mind we run a 24-hour space you're dealing with everyone from a hangover in the morning to not having gone to bed Mm. yet you have to be assertive sometimes and and as a woman especially because usually you're gonna have to ask two or three times I don't have time for that when I'm running a venue so I'm just gonna go right this is what's happening that doesn't happen in here or whatever and then it's when she's really scary or oh, you know, I got thrown out of the tea tent or whatever and she's horrible and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if I was a man, Mm. I'd just be doing my job. I would be respected. It would be respect, not considered to be fear, not considered to be aggression and all the rest of it. It, I would simply be seen as doing my job. But, you know, it's bad enough um, that established women like you get that label thrown at them, but it's also attached to little girls in school. You know, if they take charge of a game or if you know if there's something that they're very sure about and they're talking about then then you know you'll get little six-year-old girls being told that they're or hold their boundaries yeah a lot of it is just yeah, holding absolutely. the boundaries isn't it, it? it totally is whereas a little boy doing the same thing you know well, he's showing leadership skills yeah <laughs> I know. So um, so it's you know it's, it's indoctrinated from from so tiny and it's it's damaging I think to girls it's taken me a long time in the music business to to be confident to use my voice and not be afraid of being called um, opinionated or bossy yeah. and to ask someone else to do something for me without feeling like I'm, you know, that I shouldn't be asking them to do it. And it, it's taken a long time to to gain that confidence to to try and to, to, to have the confidence to, to do that, you know. Like I, I yeah. don't, I lose my voice if we have dry ice on stage. And so I have... <laughs> Oh God, I have to talk to the lighting engineers every time about could they maybe not use so much dry ice or none at all. And oh, the amount of times I've been made to feel like I'm such a prima donna, even though I've really gently asked them and sort of gone, look, I'd just like to explain to you, I lose my voice. And they always go, it's not dry ice, it's haze. And I still say, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter. I know, I'm still going to lose my voice. And, but I've always feel it's very rare that I don't feel like I'm being an absolute prima donna when I do it. And you can, some guys are awesome about it. As I say, guy, I know that's really sexist, but it's mainly men doing the lighting. Of course. I haven't come across many women doing the lighting, to be honest, not, not, not on the whole of my touring sort of career. But yeah, just little things like that. And it's really stressful. You know, and but just wanting to put that opinion forward, and I have opinions, say about the seating arrangement in the venue or something like that, and it it is you feel like you're being bossy, you really do. But you're not. But you're not. Men don't feel like that when they're saying, "I need more of this in my monitor," or oh. "Can you not do that?" or blah blah. <coughs> totally with you on the dry eyes, but I think with some of that, it's like, "Oh, you're going to mess with my lighting." Oh, display. I know that. I know. I totally know it doesn't look as good. Um, and but I, it's I, awful. I, it's awful to. Well, no, sometimes it's okay to take photos with, but they, they can go really over the over the top with it. And I asked for no yeah. smoke I asked for no smoke machine when we did the BBC introducing thing with Muddy Summers. And um because I it, it's the same with me. I just feel my vocal cords closing up. Yeah. And too. uh but they put it on anyway and they put it on so much that the smoke alarm went off. 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. I've had that as well, where I've, it's been the opposite. They've said yes, and then I've gone, you know, they've blasted me with it massively. And But, you know, I just think it's just a massive lesson for women in music is that you have to use your voice. You absolutely have to and not apologise for it either. And you don't have to be horrible. You know, bossy doesn't mean... No. That, you know, just just sort of experience, just saying who you are and what you want should just be considered something that we should all respect, shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And let's face it, you know, if you need something to happen, um, then it's surely better to be clear and direct than to be fluffy and, and dress it up a bit so that nobody knows really what you're asking yeah. for. I mean, that just complicates matters. Yeah, absolutely. It? Absolutely. But like Gail was saying at the start, you know, you do, like she said, you know, maybe after years of doing it, you end up feeling like you're being a bit hard and you're getting a bit of a reputation. But I think mm. you, if you've been doing this a while, you do find you have hardened up to these things and you, you shouldn't have to yeah. really, you shouldn't have to suddenly feel like you're, I mean, a lot of my friends that are women in this business and have been for a while are all quite feisty <laughs> and maybe we're still doing it because we dared to. And like you say, quite often we're called scary mm. this or, you know, scary that, but they're the women that have, that have sort of survived in this. And it would be nice if we didn't have to have that sort of edge, really. It would be nice to, to not have to feel like you're, yeah putting up a barrier and fighting for your right to have your voice heard and no we're taking space though I guess yeah. and you know that's it's a shame that we have to do it, it in, fight, the, in the manner it? that we're doing it and it, you are right it is generally women who are like that and you'll hear you know as, as someone who books acts a lot as well it's like oh you don't really want to book them because they're a, she's a bit awkward yeah you know or she's a pain in the ass mm. or she's very demanding and it's like I just switch off because it's like and it's always or 90% of the time when people are saying that to me about an act, they're talking about women. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. That just makes me want to book them <laughs> actually and go, <laughs> thank you sure. for holding it down and taking space because we're, <laughs> you know, we're only what, two, maybe three generations in of where women have been able to do that in the music industry. Yeah. You know, yeah. so we're, we're still very much at the forefront of it. So but it is a shame. I'd rather go out there and just smile at everyone and have a lovely time. Yeah. But, um, sometimes people are dicks and you've got to deal with them. But uh, you exactly. are treated, definitely treated differently as a woman. And I won't have that. And lo lots of women won't have that. And that's that's amazing, really. And that's what we're all about, isn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's that the whole being on stage and asking for things on in monitors that's always been I think one of the hardest things as as a woman on stage that how getting your voice heard just on such a small thing please can I hear myself <laughs> you know yeah. you yeah. me up so I can just hear a bit of myself in my monitor and but yeah just to, to even uh, to get that to working it used to be much more of a battle and I don't think it's I, I personally think that things are improving massively in the music business um in some areas and especially the sound and the live um live gigging situations um the new the new crew that are coming through do I listen. think digital has yeah. made a difference with that I you know the new crew because you've got to be a bit savvy you've got to be a bit tacky and a bit clever yeah <laughs> and it's it made it um I suppose more accessible you know yeah. and I think that's why you've seen a, a few more women sound engineers coming through as well now slowly yeah. trickling mm -hmm. through but I think because of the generation of everything is done on computers you know, analog becoming a thing of the past. I think I think there's probably a bit of bitterness with some of the analog sound men as well that they don't want to be doing anything with computers. It's all about yeah. computers now. 
you know and then yeah the younger ones coming through who their whole life is screened so yeah yeah they're just they're kind of focusing on their on their skills on that so it's becoming much more about that than mm. knobs was going to yeah. break the knob. Yeah. yeah no it definitely <laughs> used to be quite a, a dirty kind of a, a, you know there was a certain crew you know it was all sort of late nights and grumbling and cocaine and they'd vote and they're all just like and then you get on stage and they wouldn't look at you and they wouldn't help you in any way but i haven't experienced that so much at all in the last few years it's a sort of young fresh kind of keen to make it great sort of vibe a lot more so i think things are changing for the better in in some ways you know yeah definitely maybe i'm just getting older and i just don't care anymore i had a really interesting one at a festival this summer where um i because i take my son with me everywhere i go and always have done and um they shifted around all the times of the bands and they um they um they wanted us to play at two in the morning and i said (laughs) Come, my son was on his own in the van and I wasn't happy about that and my voice as a mother came out and I was more forthright than I normally am I, I I thought I'm not holding back on this this is not all right it was, you know it's a party festival and I didn't want to leave him on his own at that time of day so we tried to negotiate with the two other bands um for who could have the late slots and um and the other two bands one said that the bloke um couldn't do it because he'd got to get up for work in the morning and he'd be too tired to do the late <laughs> slot okay and the other one the woman couldn't sing after half 10 at night because she was a professional opera singer and she's been told that she's not allowed to sing after half past 10 in the evening what so uh well and uh i i couldn't believe it so my voice as a mother didn't get heard we ended up i lost that battle and i did i put up hell of a fight on that one but it was quite interesting that that was because my perspective is you know i've always i've always toured with arlo and and i'm i will fight to make sure that he's always safe and happy of course and um so i ended up having to say that we're not getting on stage unless the they had to agree that the promoter the the main organizer of the festival parked his car outside my van which was next to the stage in front of the doors of it and sat in it while we did the gig (laughs) (laughs) he did do it you know he did fair play they've moved your slot i know i know but you you know it's just like using your voice i did actually get angry that time. i don't get angry hardly ever it's not really the way i deal with things but some things will make me angry and as you guys know you know that it's a lioness in you when you're traveling as a mother yeah Yeah. you know sound is one thing but but you know there's whole other aspects to touring that we that we haven't covered which is you know lifestyle and and family and things like that and and that's a whole other ball game of trying it to needs that. more catering for i think that uh i think that's one of the reasons um that because you know if you look at the percentage of female musicians who are registered with the prs mm. it's loads higher than than the women that are represented on stages at any level totally and the family thing is well just make it easier i mean it's even like being a woman in a band with blokes you know sometimes you you want a, at least a screen in the dressing room to get changed, you know, or... Or even a mirror yeah. would be nice. Well, a mirror is, yeah, is always... Oh, that's asking a lot. I know it's, it's very rare, but, um, yeah. But also catering for families, I think, is really quite important. I've been thinking about this a lot since talking to you um, about this whole, why aren't there so many women in the music business? And I think a lot of it does boil down to the fact that we have children and... It isn't easy touring with a child. I mean, I I decided to do that from the day that Arlo was born, and 
and I I knew it would be challenging and it certainly has been. Yeah, I've been doing it for nine years now and I started when he was three months old. But wow, oh my God, the, the places I've had to take him or put him or, you know, it's been it's been a real battle and I prepare everything in advance to make sure that he's always happy and everything's cool. But you get to a venue and the backstage rooms are just horrific. Mm. Um, and that you're just thinking, oh, is this okay? You know, and or festivals, it would be amazing if out of those little set of dressing rooms, maybe one of the dressing rooms had a few toys and a comfy sofa in it. Yeah. It was a safe space for anyone that's brought their family. It's not just the women, the men. I know loads of male musicians that would love their children, especially at festivals with them and have to leave them behind. And um, if there was just a little area and a, maybe somewhere to breastfeed that was quiet because, for oh, my God, traveling and touring and trying to trying to breastfeed your baby at the same time. <laughs> that was that was a hell of a challenge. And um, just little just a quiet space just for children of all ages, you know, that just to, to be while their parents are on stage or before or after, it would only take a small area and it would be not particularly a crash for little ones. So you'd leave them with someone, just a space where you're like, there's some books and, and a, a bean bag. Here you are. Look, this is, here's a safe space yeah. for you. And, um, and I don't know. I just think there's a, there could be so much more of that, you know, going on to, to definitely, definitely. Kids. I mean, at the tiny festivals, it's not, you can find that anywhere you know you can see your van when you're performing but when you're getting on a big stage yeah you know or in bigger spaces with more people around and depending on the time of day what sort of state the crowd are in and blah 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 and yeah I think I think it's something that uh definitely definitely needs addressing yeah yeah it's you know if you exclude children then you exclude women by extension that's definitely a factor it's really important definitely a factor yeah Oh, for sure. I don't. I. I don't know that many women that have that have made the choice that I made. Um, and it was a. It was a. It wasn't a difficult choice for me. But a lot of women I know that do tour have to choose to leave their children at home with their parents or a partner, and um, mm. that I. That's such a difficult choice to have to make. Yeah, yeah. Marla and Frank's came with me. Yeah. through the summers and we co-educated with the school and they they came with me with the tea tent you know yeah, it's totally. a similar thing but it's uh I couldn't have imagined like leaving them for five days a week every fortnight or whatever no totally and I couldn't either but I know some women and, and everyone's had to make choices in their lives and yeah women have felt they've had to do that and um you know leave them home every weekend while they tour and and that seems like such a shame to, to, to have to feel that that's what yeah. you have to do yeah but if venues were just a little bit more we we've had to sneak Arlo out of the backstage of a few venues because we found they've, they've been we, we're very clear to people that we're bringing a child they we you know we get it all in writing and we make sure the backstage room is okay but sometimes you get there and then they've said there's a backstage room and there isn't and then what do you do what do you do you know there's nowhere to put your child and and um it, it's just yeah people don't quite realize the emphasis that then has if you know you've got to get on stage and you've got your young child with you and you've got nowhere to put them and it's a that's been quite an interesting journey on on it, you know, people don't really listen they don't understand how important it is that you know that for, for um, a woman's head state and a man's head state if they've brought their child with them really yeah um, abby was saying about um the, the kind of whole socks and tots sort of thing yeah, that was lovely. <laughs> uh, on the when Sound of the Sirens were on this a few weeks ago, and just you know when when there's 
their baby is a little bit older you know just doing this whole thing where it's families go on tour together you were yeah. mentioned as well and you take it in turns to kind of look after and entertain the kids and whatnot while totally. each band is on stage and stuff yeah. you know but provision for space to do that is also really important so yeah I think that's definitely something worth um fighting for and asking definitely you know, and yeah. to it's not so much to ask, is it just a, a clean space? No, a clean no. Space. I mean, we should all be able to expect yeah, that, really. Well, <laughs> yeah, a lot, you know, it is that I think that respect completely in the music business needs to be upped for musicians, not just the women. Mm. Respectful of just small needs, like when you arrive after driving for 10 hours, a cup of tea and a smile. And someone guiding you to where your backstage room is so you can at least go to the loo. And, you know, that's not even just as a woman. That's just um, respect for musicians is a massive issue. Um, and it's unbelievable how you can be treated after, you know, you arrive with this sort of open heart and an open mind. And and it's amazing how often you're made to feel like you're in the way, mm. <laughs> even though you're there to provide yeah. the entertainment and actually um, bringing money over their bar and everything. Yeah, else. yeah. It, and I and because I've been thinking a lot about these things, you know, how much it is about being a woman and how much it is about being just a musician. But it's just even harder as a woman. I mean, you know, I was thinking about the the dark and the the dark and lonely spaces backstage as well. That you quite often they're back street. They lead out into back streets where there's nobody and it's dark and there's nothing around and it's it would be nice to have that acknowledged as well yeah yeah definitely I mean there's that um one of the women who's contributed to the film was talking about you know it's put her off doing gigs in certain areas because she's got to walk home or she might have to walk three or four roads to her car on her own or or whatever you know so there's societal issues with women's safety is also playing mm. a part in women going out there and gigging in the evenings yeah which I think venues need to acknowledge as well is some kinds of just to acknowledge that if you if they have got that sort of setup that maybe they can male or female give you a, you know make sure that they can guarantee that there'll be someone to go with you to your car or yeah. or brighter lights out the back or whatever it needs really because yeah. they all generally venues are in pretty dodgy places aren't they um <laughs> yeah largely Dark, yeah smelly alleys and the you know your loading area is always going to be in some empty car park where there's no one around and i think that would be another thing that would be amazing to, for venues to acknowledge you know we'll guarantee you you know safe loadout and we're trying to we're gonna we are putting something together actually about the whole um Rachel's safeguarding officer for where at the women so we're looking at all of these aspects of safety for women gigging yeah you know and all of the things that are, are meaning that there are less women on stages at the moment it's not it isn't simply down to sexism and audience eating what they're fed kind of thing I mean that's a big part of it but there are so many factors so many factors right um we should probably play some more music so my first one for uh, this evening, I thought I'd play a couple of tracks off the new Where Are the Women compilation album. Thanks for the Monkeys track. Yes. No worries. Uh, there's 26 tracks on there featuring uh, wonderful women and me <laughs> on the album. <laughs> so I thought I'd pull a couple of tracks out from that tonight. And uh, I'm going to start with one by Brewer's Daughter. And it's a track called Flesh. And it's basically about not judging or not being transphobic, you know, just allowing people to, or encouraging people to 
live inside their flesh and be themselves. So uh, this is flesh. You gotta let them be whatever it is they choose Cause gender is a funny thing Drowning in taboo to rain Your lies, your lack of self is caught up in the difference Between your body and your mental health It must be hard enough to understand Let alone fit in When brain and body don't match up Uncomfortable in your own skin These notions we take for granted How to act and what to wear Yeah, there are no answers Let them question or let them stare Those of us that have made the change Those that are confused Just remember you are beautiful When you are being you Those of us that have made the change Those that are confused Just remember you wonderful re so important isn't it it's, well, it's really easy yeah, just be just be who you are yeah it's not hard not to be an asshole <laughs> no really. we wouldn't think so it's seemingly it's getting <laughs> um yeah it's getting harder you know i think having a government that encourage Apparently. you know use terms like picking in ears oh, and bum boys and and stuff like that yeah. it's just encouraged this whole where you can say what you want and be as bigoted and horrible as you like again, yeah. you know, and that's why these yeah. cr- hate crimes are on the rise against minorities yeah. again. You know, Mark Harper, the MP here in the forest, is one him and Priti Patel have come out and said, oh, well, we need to monitor all these 
all these refugees coming in from Ukraine because some of them might be Russian spies. <laughs> dressed up as Ukrainians. Yeah, and this is, you know, when you've got people like that in charge, then it's not surprising that the population who are constantly media fed with quotes from these writers, yeah. um, that it's all turning back to the 80s, yeah. really. Um, it does very much feel like we are heading towards the 80s fast and beyond. Yeah. Slipping backwards so it's fast. Horrible. And, you know, it's really yeah. important that we all try and hold on to to what we believe in and, and you know, stop uh, really everyone's got to stop listening to the news and reading the popular media really because they get, the more people believe what they're reading and seeing the worse it's going to get and they just don't care it's comfortable lies oh, isn't it they don't it. people don't care anymore yeah. that the prime minister is a liar because it's like a justification for uh, yeah. well I can say that and I can do that and I, actually I don't care because the truth's so painful yeah and I'd have to actually do something about it if I had to think about the truth that this is just and it is yeah it's sleepwalking into awful things but I think there's enough of us that were nurtured in those changes and help nurture those changes uh to that level of bigotry yeah. alive and kicking you know and children you know the the younger generations uh especially with things like transphobia and homophobia they don't they're not yeah you know, there's small pockets who are, you know, living in small areas. I mean, I live in a, an area that's that's fairly, it's very white. So it's, you know, it's, and poor. So it's quite racist, inherently racist. Yeah, same here. And the kids have still got that going on. Um, I mean, there was a, a thing, uh, we have a Sikh family in the shop and a few years ago, one of their kids uh went out to play with the local kids and got called dog shit and got covered in dog shit and I mean that's like three or four years oh, ago God, you know horrible. it's yeah so it's you know these these kind of pockets it's still kind of going on with young people but certainly my kids generations and you know in in bigger areas and towns and stuff it just seems to be they're just yeah. more accepting of people being individuals yeah you know, regardless yeah. of whether they're gay or they're trans or or they're black or they're pink or whatever. So that that's quite hopeful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot more space for young people to explore their own identities. And, um, you know, the, the, the hysteria that's coming out from some of the transphobic groups about this you know, kind of mass in, increase in young people identifying as trans or non-binary is nothing more than young people feeling safer to explore the gender identity and sexuality um, and and that's got to be a good thing you know and the sexuality you know it's got to be a good thing that they're not just accepting the default yeah. uh saying actually who am i you know let's figure that out no it's quite fascinating I've, I've got great hope for the the next generation i seem to be meeting a lot of switched on younger people that like you say are much more accepting and understanding they sort of, and there is more scope, I think, to, to be brave and bold and, and explore. You know, we and Tim were talking about this the other day and we were saying, when we were teenagers, really the only way you could explore that kind of expression of your sexuality was to, if you're male, you had to become a goth so that you could at least put some makeup on yes. or a glam rocker. You know, it was literally, <laughs> that was the only way really to do it. Um, because any other way people expected you to either completely fully dressed as a woman and act like a woman or you were a bloke or you uh, they, 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 they really no gray area wasn't that people didn't dare sort of 
cross those boundaries and I'm sure they did I mean when you look at some of the people you know there was a lot of the sort of 70s rock and pop they were exploring there was a lot of you know unusual sort of wearing of you know, I don't know I don't know what the word is really but people were expressing but only famous people on telly really and yeah. I think and Gary Newman Bohemian clubs and David Bowie you know but I think out in the street there were you hardly saw any of that experimentation going on at all no, it really stood out. Yeah, yeah. Young young lads from Wigan in the eighties weren't wearing <laughs> eyeliner or plucking their eyebrows in a you know really lovely shape. No, no. <laughs> yeah, express yourself. Right, Rachel. What's your second tune? Ah, oh, my second tune is it's a band called the Franklies. Um, and I love them. They're 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 a four piece um rock band, all women. Um, and they, they've not allowed themselves to be pigeonholed into, like, girl rock. <laughs> it's just, like, proper... Yeah, I, I just love them. Um, the track I've chose... I couldn't choose... Well, I did choose one because I had to, but it was really hard because I like all of their stuff, but the one I've chosen is called Not Guilty, and, yeah, I just love it. love their sound. Here it is. enjoyed that i mean i'm not really into rock but, isn't it uh, good yeah <laughs> i think they've got a really special sound right now it's time for who does this woman think she is 
So uh, each episode, we talk about women who have um, are either changing things now or have changed things historically. Uh, I thought it was quite fitting. Um, uh, she recently disappeared off the mortal call to play folk in, in the skies that we talk about Norma Waterson. Oh, Norma Waterson. Yeah. What, a, what a woman. Absolutely. What Absolutely. a tour de force of a woman. I was so sad for Eliza and, and Martin Carthy that, that Norma was ill for so long. But what an incredible woman that... There's just the strength of her performance and the I think what was amazing about her was that the sense of family. They had this right from when she was with her brothers and her sisters when they were young, they had this incredible strength of family. So it was women and men performing equally with their music. And then she took that right through mm-hmm. to her own family, performing with Martin and Eliza, right through all the way through, you know, this massive feeling of family that then the audience would also feel like they're part of that family too and standing up strong you know big strong feisty sort of vibe in the music and in the performance she was definitely like the matriarch as well I mean there weren't they weren't you know she was no flimsy backing singer (laughs) but she did take incredible I mean folk is one of the genres that doesn't have the same issues with gender imbalance as most of the other genres yeah and I think that that's largely down to her she took she took space didn't she and uh she did it incredibly yeah very much so yeah she they they just plowed a a huge furrow that and Brenda Wooten was you know she was doing it at the same sort of time we were talking about earlier I think they were both doing a very similar thing and standing up and going, I am a woman with a, a big voice at Maddie Pryor as well. Yeah. She was at the, you know, they were standing up and saying, we are strong and we are women and we will perform with bands. We will do, but also solo and explore all types of music. We will not be pigeonholed or stereotyped. And on their own terms. Yeah, totally. And this is who we are. We wear what we want and we, we say what we want between songs because folk has that lovely storytelling vibe to it where you talk between the songs as well and you tell funny tales about maybe what happened this morning or yeah. about a political song and they, they it gives a voice I think folk music gives people a much stronger voice than many other types of music because it's very personal and normal very much and and her, her daughter Eliza has obviously taken that on big time and has also you know expressed herself hugely through music and family as well yeah yeah, she's a force too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I think we should probably play another three Daft Monkeys track. Uh, this one is also on the Where Art the Women compilation album, which you can go and get on our band camp or grab at the launch next week if you're coming. And this is Delighted to be Invited. Thing here emerges with our dreams. We'll be delighted. 
let's make it clear Once you're through the door, that's it, I fear There's no way you can leave, my dear You're part of the soiree Hey, hey, here we go again All the players in this endless game The tune has changed with a new refrain The song remains the same Welcome to the eternal party I mean, you know, you're on my playlist anyway and have been forever. And it was really hard to pick tunes because you've got an incredibly huge back catalogue. We have written a fair few songs in our time. (laughs) And you got a new album on the cuts? Well, we are finally writing again. We're quite chuffed about it um, because we were were long overdue for an album. I think it's been three or four years since we last did um, Year of the Clown. Uh, luckily, I was really pleased with Year of the Clown, so you know, still milking that one. But um, we, I just, we have been so busy, and because we home educate and we self manage the band, and everything we do comes from me and Tim. Um, we found it really hard to, to create time and space to actually write a new album. Uh, which is interesting because when we had a newborn baby, we wrote a new album and that was fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then when he, but now between the ages of sort of four and eight, it's been a lot more intense on the home edging and just being, and then lockdown didn't, I I just didn't get any inspiration at all. I just, my inspiration comes from a sense of freedom and liberty and I felt none and I didn't get any inspiration to write. And so, um, because I call it song fishing I don't sit and try and write indoors doesn't work for me pressure from other people doesn't work for me I have to go out open my heart to the world and see what comes in yeah 
go out on the cliffs or in the sea or even driving. I have to be in quite a chilled, happy mood or some sort of emotion. And then I have to just let it come in. And so I'm finally finding that. And Tim's started writing. He's just got a new guitar. He's super excited. (laughs) And um, finally, they're coming. We we haven't got an idea about what the album should be about. We just knew that people people need to be uplifted so or to have some strong emotions so no matter what we felt over the last few years we'll put that into our lyrics and our words but the the music will be uplifting and powerful we're not going to bang on about stuff that people have heard enough about and don't want to hear anymore so we get we're finding our place with it we've got about six songs now and as soon as we've got 10 or well probably 12 we'll set up a big crowdfunder and because the only way we'll be able to afford to make an album is if people buy it in advance so yeah of course well that's how it is now totally (laughs) so we'll do a big promo thing as soon as that's happening but it's really exciting we're meeting up with jamie and richie every week now and really working because we don't just write a song we work really hard on the intricacies within that song you know we change little tiny bits and there's lots of little starts and stops and nuances and we once we've got a song we we really sort of play with it so that's all happening now so it's very exciting and you got loads of gigs coming up yeah yeah it looks like this year quite a lot of them are in the southwest for several reasons but um you know we do we are trying to stay home a bit more so that we get this album done um and there's there's reasons that some of the band can't go away so far away from home for a bit so we because we manage we can respect everybody's lives going on behind the band so rather than pushing everyone's limits we stay within them so this yeah. year we're being a little bit more gentle with the band but then next year hopefully we'll bang it and we'll really really you know get out there and do lots and lots of gigging but to say that we've still got tons coming up got- <laughs> yeah like, well, you are us- <laughs> manically busy all the time when you're on when you're out and about for us we have you know probably one or two gigs every single weekend for most of the year and if we see like a few dates in the diary that we a weekend when we haven't got gigs like oh look at that (laughs) well time off and well we're not that busy are we but actually yes we loads of good festivals lots of small we've gone for the rootsy smaller festivals this year nice so we haven't tried to get the the, many of the sort of big festivals because we haven't got management or anything so we've got we're going for the smaller independent rootsy interesting quirky sort of festivals and they're coming in and you're playing our end of season or something else is end of season party yep can't wait in devon so that's not too far far away (laughs) and it's by the sea as well isn't it it is we um we had a little we cancelled the event last year because it was still you know people were still dropping and there's so many reasons that to put an event on there and just felt wrong yeah um but a few of us went and just camped there yeah no there was about 16 of us it's a lovely and we walked to the beach it's a lovely walk to Willock and Sea and we got in the sea and it was and you can see the sea from the site and uh so happy it was yeah I mean it's you do the really cold you you get in the sea in the winter and stuff don't you yeah yeah I've done it for two years now all year round I love it yeah I can handle it in summer <laughs> but yeah, and then you're of course you'll be with us for where are the women uh at the end of October in High Wycombe. Yeah, which is a bit further afield. <laughs> but, uh, I know pushing our boundaries there. No, that'd be great. <laughs> I think it'll be nice. Be a nice day. You know, I think they'll all be nice days. Right. Okay. Um, I'm gonna play my last chosen track, which um was sent in another one from the album. 
I've heard this name band about for a while, but never actually got to listen to their music. But they sent us a track and um, I listened and was like, oh, wow, I really, really like these. So they're a new one on my playlist, uh, which is always nice because uh, it's so easy to get stuck in a rut when all your mates make music. Do you just, yeah, you know, yeah, this is what I listen to now. Yeah. And then every now and again, something comes along like Brenda Wooten, which I know I'm going to fall into a Brenda Wooten hole. Yeah. the next few days while I'm painting I've still got quite a few portraits to do for the exhibition so that's uh that's where I'm going <laughs> yeah these are uh great it's the people versus and the track is called witch
really love it. Really love her voice. I'll, yeah, they're, they're such a good band. I hadn't heard of them until uh, they popped up for the CD, for the, for the Where Out Women CD. And yeah, I just think they're incredible. Yeah, really good. I think there's probably a booking on the card somewhere. Right. Thank you Excellent. so much for joining us, Athene. It's lovely to see your face. It's always lovely to see your face. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's nice to be chatting. <laughs> chatting to other women. So lovely eh? to chat to you. Yeah. I mean, I did have a lovely weekend. A few of the Where Out the Women team uh, went to a local, my friend runs a, like an old fashioned print studio in the forest. And uh, we were using this 1871 old press and 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 this old letter letter set printing so you know like they used to make the print in the old days and some of the letters are worn and you kind of set them all up with all these um clamps and bits of wood and stuff to make it all sit right and then you put it on the press and put the paper on a blanket on and then just make all these oh it was amazing and we used pigment from the forest we used forest ochre in the inks and stuff and um but that's the first people I've seen in the flesh, apart from Amy coming over to do some recording for this song for ages. Oh. So it's just nice. Even on a screen now, it's nice to talk because I'm, you know, I'm either talking to myself, saying hello to delivery men, or yeah. talking to the sheep in the forest. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's uh, so whenever I see anyone, I just can't stop talking whenever I see people. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Um, Words of advice for girls and women getting into the industry or thinking about it or, you know, having those early issues that we've all had. Yeah, I I would say um, never be if I would say always go into a room with the intention of speaking out who you are, because you so often walk into a room full of men and and you must always step in with your head held high and say hello this is me and and just be really honest to yourself because if you're not you just won't be able to achieve what you want to achieve and you have to just be really strong and proud of that whatever it is that you are giving you have to say this is me and this is what I would like out of this and and I think that by greeting people on an equal and and I always make sure that I look every, everyone I'm going to work with. I look them in the eye. I shake their hand. I smile and I introduce myself to everyone. And I think that by by doing that, men, you're already greeting them as an equal. So you're not sort of stepping back. Or and they know you're not away. just one of the band's girlfriends. Well, that's the other one I've said before. I have several times carried my equipment onto stage and been assumed that I am the band's girlfriend, which is so I do always go, hello. I actually still say, hello, I'm in the band. I know I still say that when I get on stage, unless I've already got my regalia on, you know, my octopus dress or whatever. Uh, If I'm not, if it was before that, I do actually still find myself going, hello, I'm I'm in the band. But that's okay because then I've established that that I am on stage and that, that that area will be my my zone. And I would also say um, get everything in writing because there will be things that you want that you might want to ask for that you possibly don't feel brave enough to use your voice on. So in advance, think about everything. You don't, I don't have to mean, you know, not blue M&Ms and your rides and things like that. <laughs> and a unicorn. I, yeah. I just mean things, simple things that you might need or want. Like I write on my my stage plan, please do not put leads under my feet. And I explain why, because I jump around loads and I wear big shoes and I'll fall over. And that way, 
I'm not then going, excuse me, could you not put that under my legs and people yeah. think I'm being... And so you're very clear about these things. And I say, I will be bringing a child with me. Is this okay? Um, so I think put it all in writing to them. And then if people try and question you or cross it, money as well, then you just give them that. We always print it all up and we just present the pack. We have like, okay. a, it's like a big pack that we take everywhere. And we just say, here was our correspondence. And I've already told you this or that. And, and and also with monitor mixes, I've got all that written down. So you hand that to the monitor guy so that then you've always got, there's a li- there's less grey areas and, and you can then got, got, got more chance to be yourself rather than just sort of, you know, just sort of trying to find your way and feel your way in a strange environment every night. And you just get stressed as well if you've got yeah. to go, oh, actually, I, yeah, I did request this or, you know, this is, this is quite important or blah, blah, blah. And you just, it, yeah. You just feel unheard, especially if you've already put it in writing. Totally, yeah. I mean, so it's just good to put to, to, and that way you've already thought about it, and you probably only have to think about it once or twice. Put it in writing, uh, things that you might need on the night or on the day, and then as your life changes, you can slightly change it to adapt to you. But you've got it there, and you've you've thought about what you need out of this, which you know might be totally different to what someone else might need out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. We better end on a classic. It's um, Women's History Month and uh, it was International Women's Day last week. And uh, the person who always pops up into my head on International Women's Day and a modern legend and even more so since seeing the film that, that came out about her. So this is the wonderful polystyrene and X-ray specs and O bondage up yours. Brilliant. But yours, excellent. Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard, but I think. Oh, bondage! Up yours! One, two, three, four!
This podcast is brought to you by Where Art The Women, a not-for-profit community interest company set up to tackle gender imbalance on the UK's independent stages. For more information, head to whereartthewomen.org. That's whereartthewomen.org.